Hey, everybody. This is your host, Felipe. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? We're here. Spring training baseball has started. Uh, we have the pitch clock. Uh, so that's a thing. And, of course, uh, we all know what happened yesterday with the, the Braves. But that's why it's just practice. It's we're practice. all we're, we're all going to learn. We're going to learn together. Um it is going to be funny though when all these players go to the WBC where the all of these rules won't be followed, and then they have to come back to spring training for like five games and get back in that mindset. But yeah, they go from playing baseball to track and field. How about that? <laughs> the, um, it's pretty remarkable uh, the uproar that has caused. But yeah, we also woke up this morning and we're finding out that the Padres are definitely in all, all in on Manny Machado. He's going to get the big contract that he was looking for. Thank you, looks, AJ Preller. Looks like it's gonna be what eleven years, three hundred fifty million. Yep. I'm I'm not sure if that's kicking in this year or next year because he was set to, I believe, make thirty million this year. Uh, so I, I don't think it's been announced. I got about halfway through reading Passon's story that he unlocked. Um, Trevor's story. Yeah. Um, he didn't get that much money. Uh, but uh, can afford yeah, it, it, it's um. Yeah, Machado can afford eggs. That's a, it's a very good thing for him. Uh, Felipe messaged me this morning with that after I'd already seen it, and I said, well, at least he can afford his eggs now, so always good to know. <laughs> Get that protein. We don't want any substitute protein. We know some guys on that Padres team have been using some substitutes, uh, yeah, so we can't uh, have that. For now, Tatis. I'm, not Tatis. I- I'm just trying Tatis. to be polite. I'm just trying to be polite. Fernando Tatis got it from his dad, man. Come on. We all know that. It's like if you watch the Astros-Mets game, the first game of their split squad, it was the Astros broadcast, and they were talking about the AL West and how different it is now compared to just a few years ago. You know, with the Rangers, all the money they've invested, uh, the Mariners improving really very quickly. Um, And then they got to the athletics, and I think it was Jeff Blum, uh, the color analyst for the uh, Astros broadcast, and the A's are doing A's things. <laughs> and then the, the play-by-play guy was like, whoa. And he said, I'm just trying to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> the A's are doing A's. Yeah. And then. So today we're going to be talking about the spring training battles, right, Sean? Yes. Uh, we got some good ones here. You sent me a, a link from Yard Barker. Arr, arr, arr. Um, <laughs> you know, I need to start Yard Wookie. That, that's that, that's what we can have. Yard <laughs> but uh, no, it seems like only yesterday where Yard Barker was a no no name blog, I guess, and now they're I guess they're a legit um, website for all sorts of things. So we're going to go with it. We're going to go with this uh, website just to be on the same page here, literally on the same page. So yeah. I'm on it on one screen. I got the Fangraphs uh, machine up on the other one. And we're going to start out with the Angels closer by committee. I did when I was doing my projections, Sean, um, I did see that the Angels had a clusters, a cluster of pitchers. And that's all I could say about this. It's just a cluster, <laughs> right? And I'm going to go to roster resource really quick. Uh, and I see so far nothing has changed since the last time. Well, well, well hold the, on Matt, now. The, the Matt Moore thing might have changed a little bit. Yeah, I don't. Oh, man. Do I still have that other sheet open? Let me see. I might. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to show you in a second. I'm not going to show you. Sorry. I'm going to tell you in a second. 
second as soon as a stupid thing cooperates with me who they had on the oh there it is who, who, who was their closer uh, when I was starting to do this? Because I'm not, you know what, Sean, what I learned is if I, if I keep changing these things, I'm never going to get anything done. So we're just going to go with it. When I was <laughs> doing this in um, early to, no, I think it was mid-February, it was uh, Carlos Estevez, Jimmy Herget, Ryan Tapera, and yeah, those three guys. And now Matt Moore is into the mix. And like Aaron Loop was, you know, kind of in the mix as well. But Yeah, 35-year-old, I'm not doing yeah. that. No, <laughs> and Carlos Estevez has the traditional closer stuff. Uh, out of those guys, do you think it's going to be a true committee or uh, which one do you think is going to kind of take the step up for it? Yeah, I actually have uh, I, I, I have it written down. So we're going to go. I'm just going to jot down whatever your, where our answers are going to be for this. So um, as of right now, it looks like I would go. Ah, this team sucks. God. <laughs> I would say Carlos Estevez because it's been a long time coming. It's it's I I always feel like he's one of those guys that we well maybe not use so much, but I I kind of like just because uh, he has shown some ability to be a dependable relief pitcher over the yeah. years. And uh, but I'm looking at the at the what do you call it the ATC projections, and he is listed as the as a saves leader for that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like Jimmy Herget. The human frisbee. Yeah, right. I, I like him too. And Ryan Tapera is the traditional flamethrower. But I think if I had a, a a horse on this a horse, is that the a horse in this race? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think I would go with Carlos Estevez. Oh, you see, and this is where I get to be the fun and interesting analyst who just takes the entire article and book and just throws it away. I say it's none of those guys. Oh, I can say, I guess? Can I guess who who, who you would say? I, you, you probably already know. Go ahead and say it. Uh, okay. Well, the only other guy I was interested in looking at from this team, and let me let me just uh, double check the projections. And of course, oh, there he is. Uh, yeah, I think even though the walks are a little high, the one other guy that I'm, I'm kind of uh, interested in looking at is a uh, Jose Quijada. Okay, I do like Jose Quijada, but even that's not it. I am going <laughs> with Angel's third-round pick from last year's draft, the volunteer fireman himself, Ben Joyce, owner of the 104 to 105 mile an hour fastball, started his professional career last year after the draft in Double A. So right out of the draft, straight to Double A, had a strikeout percentage of 35 percent, only had a seven percent walk rate. Batters hit 220 against them. Uh, solid ground ball rate, ERA in the twos, FIP of 2.12. I mean, it's an 80 grade fastball. I'm not sure if he makes it like right out of camp, but I've been picking this guy up in a lot of the first year player drafts that I've been in. And you're like, oh, why are you picking a relief pitcher? Blah, blah, blah. Because I, and I do think that this is a guy that from last year's draft could seriously impact fantasy this year by getting, you know, 15, 20 something saves. And he couldn't do it even out of coming out of spring training. I don't know. But when you have well, the stuff he does, I'm going for it. Well, you're saying that you're not sure if he's going to break camp with the team or if he's going to break camp with the club. I don't, I mean, just knowing how these things work, I don't think he's going to do it. Uh, the angels are not going to, you know, reward him for uh, even if he has a good spring. I have a feeling he's going to get set down to AAA or whatever. So I'm going to put that down as a long term, but who, has a really good chance of breaking camp as a as a main closer, if any, on this Angels team. I, I think it would just be a committee until they call up Ben Joyce. 
Okay, who's your guy? If you had to pick one, who would be your guy then? Uh, uh, the, uh, probably Estevez, just in terms of true stuff. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. Oh, so, shut it. <laughs> what I thought. No, it's been a long time coming, but obviously if they have other options, they would uh, go with it. And But I don't know. I just don't – a lot of these teams, they – you know, you have a good spring uh, – you got a great spring kit, but we're going to send you down to the minors for more polishing. And I polish these whatever. But, but I, I mean, you're already like – I get the innings – Thing with him i mean he threw 32 innings uh in college last year 13 and double a so that puts him at around 45 innings pitched i just like i i don't get yeah. what the i mean he's not you're not going to stretch him out to start he's not a starter yeah like just use him i mean nah, that's not how it works man the you know. fastball plays <laughs> you and i know yeah you need some you need to, you need to face some triple a people you know it's a little too soon to call you up but you know you'll be hearing oh, from us yeah we're Your gonna put you, to... we're gonna put you in the pcl and let you just get shelled on 300 foot fly balls and ruin your confidence. Oh, no, no, it. we have these it. fancy numbers now. I, I will see that your XFIP it wasn't your fault, that your home runs <laughs> aren't your fault. Uh, but, you know, we want to see more season. You know, that's how it works. You know, that's how. The only good thing is that it looks like the Angels uh, are going to uh, run them through really quickly. But, I mean, I agree that if, if the best player, again, the best player by marriage should be the ones getting called up and getting the opportunities. But we know that con- contractual things are at play here. Uh, we got veterans to appease. We have uh, all sorts of things. So I'm going to put you down as the long-term reliever is Ben Joyce. And Estevez is the guy you like uh, breaking out of camp. Moving on to the Blue Jays fifth rotation, which is, uh, I was kind of shocked. I was kind of shocked whenever I was reading the article that they mentioned, um, oh, you know what, though? I'm an idiot. I was confusing Yusei Kikuchi with Yusei Kakachi. No, I was confusing Yusei Kikuchi. <laughs> With Hinjin Ryu. Ah, so, uh, yeah. yeah. Hinjin Ryu is still alive. He's still uh, alive. I, I, I can confirm that the heart is still beating. The arm is attached to the body. Um, but I, I don't know if we can even expect anything. No, nah, I, I he's completely removed from my list. I don't want him. I don't want anything to do with him this year. Better luck next year. So let's see. They they're the Rotations deeper after signing Chris Bassett, says Yard Barker. Who wrote this article? I want to give credit. <laughs> uh, Seth Trackman. Trackman? Trackman. The team would obviously like for Yusei Kikuchi to bounce back, entering the second season of a three-year $36 million contract. That's money well spent. But he needs to show better command. Should the lefty falter again, Mitch White is a potential replacement. This is the team that's going to topple the Yankees, apparently, right? Hey, I, I, I hate to hop on the bandwagon so soon and it's only you know a couple of innings but kikuchi looked real and it was no, the no, pittsburgh no. cards kikuchi looked really good <laughs> uh yesterday had a um overall 45 caught swinging um or called strike whiff percentage um through the slider uh the most out of all of his pitches through the fastball changeup equally got swings and misses on just about everything um so yeah, maybe he's uh maybe there's a shot for Yusei Kikuchi. Because uh, they, they've always said like he's just like w- when he came into Seattle the last year before free agency, it was just like they kept tinkering and there was the upside, and then the regular season would start it just seemed to revert back to the old. But uh we'll see. I, yeah, I, I think he's better than any of their other options, though. It's a it's a pile of trash. It's a pile of trash. I don't like this. I don't like that this was mentioned today. I don't like that we're wasting time on Yusei Kikuchi <laughs> and Mitch White. Uh, I guess I'll take. We'll both take a coochie for different reasons. I, or I, I, or Ricky Tiedemann could break camp. Oh, oh yeah, with the with the team, because uh, the top top prospect. 
Because the Blue Jays, I mean, when I was looking at it, they didn't have anyone of note. Uh, maybe Jos versus Zulueta, but he there's no way he's breaking camp. Uh, Zach Thompson, one of the many Zach Thompsons on this freaking baseball world. No way. No. We, we want to give Drew Hutchison and Casey Lawrence another chance. No. It, it, it's basically Kikuchi, White, or Tiedemann. And it depends if they want to fuck with Tiedemann's uh, service time. Oh, no, they're not going to do that. Not the Blue Jays. No way. They're not going to do that. No, forget it. No. They, they, they want that extra first round pick if he wins AL uh, Rookie of the Year. No, they're going to be like, no, you know what? Okay, you need to go back down to AAA. You need to uh, stretch out your arm. You know, you're you're only 20 <laughs> years old. You only had four starts in AA. So we're going to put you back in AA Altoona, whatever the hell they play. That's not <laughs> good idea, Sean, but that's not how it works. That's not how it works. I can go for some tuna right now. Uh, how, how many uh, innings did he pitch last year? He pitched 67, 78 innings. Yeah, so they'll probably keep him down for a little bit and call him up about halfway through the year. I'm telling you. And then uh, the other guy, but it's not going to happen, but the other guy is Nate Pearson. Who uh, he, it, the, it, he has to be a reliever at this point. It sounds like they're going to make him a relief pitcher, right? Yeah, but... ev- everything I've read, and I even bought low on him in a 30-team league. I, I got him for basically nothing. And um... But, I mean, I could see him now. Not that I want to, but I could see him being utilized as a spot starter here and there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're going to ask him, just give us three or four innings, kid. Come on. You know you could do it. Give us three or four <laughs> innings, and then, you know, we're, we're going to hand it over. You can do it. <laughs> we're going to hand it over to uh, Mitch White. No, we're going to hand it over to uh, Trevor Richards. There's another guy. Uh, no, it's, uh, remember when he, him, Pablo mm-hmm. Lopez, and mm-hmm. – yeah, there was one other. It was like they were the the saviors for the Marlins rotation. No, man, just like the Mets, man. You know, you can't trust those uh, those uh, gold mine starting pitching prospects. They'll just they'll just let you down. <laughs> Generation K, and then the superheroes. Yeah, at one point the Mets had a a a, a, a cast of superheroes on the rotation yeah. with Thor and the Dark yeah. Knight and. I don't know if the other guys had any nickname. The yeah. the Gronk could be Bionic Man, and and we got all of one year basically of all of them healthy who else was on that team Matt's, Stephen Matz oh, that Matt's. doesn't count and they, and they were all all of them were top 100 prospects except Jacob deGrom <laughs> uh, isn't it just funny how that works out like well, he was he was a shortstop come on man yeah. uh next on the docket we're gonna go down to Hotlanta for another one uh Atlanta has a fifth man rotation problem I mean I, I when I was looking at the uh projections that uh not the the roster resource it looked pretty clear and cut to me, but apparently there is a battle going on there. And uh, what, what was Yara Barker saying? They're saying it could be Ian Anderson, Mike Soroka, Bryce Elder. Bryce Elder had some uh, decent uh, games last year as well. So uh, I will give this uh, after me trashing them for many years about their pitching. Uh, it looks like the Braves have a final laugh on this and have themselves a, a luxury of riches here with their starting pitchers that they can put in there. But Ian Anderson is kind of like the, um, uh, what would you call it, the flaming prospect? Or how would you describe that? Like, he was so up he, here, like, yeah, he's like, down uh, here. He came up real late, uh, then was really good in the postseason in 2020, and then 2021 yeah. when they won. I, and then he came in last year and was just god-awful. I mean, even in AAA, he was getting shelled. And we always kind of were worried about him because he was yeah. really just a two-pitch fastball change-up guy. Um, and so he, he straight up lost his job 
And uh, now Mike Soroka, who hasn't pitched a game in three years. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's funny because I, I saw a picture that the Braves posted of like their top pitching prospects from like six, five, six years ago. Okay, It, it was like Max Freed, uh, Aaron Blair, Colby Allard, mm-hmm. um, Tukey Toussaint, and Mike Fultonevich. And I used to always say they, they have these top pitching prospects in like all of them basically busted, except Max Freed. And Kyle Wright's kind of recovered a little bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, uh, he was garbage until last year. Yeah. But it was like yeah. seeing Aaron Blair, Colby Allard, uh, Toussaint and Fulte. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, they had all of these guys, and, like, one of them was good. Starting pitchers, they will kill you. They will bust your dreams open. Hey, remember Mike Fultonovich? Um Former Houston Astros farmhand. That's yep. uh, he was supposed to also be a part of that rebuild, and that didn't happen. Nope. The, the rebuild happened when Jose Altuve emerged as a second baseman. George Springer came up, and then Alex Bregman, and then they cheated. And anyway, <laughs> but the uh, the real reason that Atlanta kind of finds themselves in this hole right now is this would probably fall between Ian Anderson and Huascar Yanoa, but. Uh, we know you know it went down last year with Tommy John, right? Uh, so just kind of insult on top of injury after the year before that he breaks his hand and misses the playoffs. So yeah, uh, and don't forget about Spencer Strider too. He also yeah. uh, well, he was like the Grom. He kind of came out of nowhere, right? Yep. And, uh, I remember uh, la- around this time last year, Austin and I were looking at the projections, and I think you were on that show as well. Like, hey, not that this guy is. We're not expecting big things from this guy, but keep your eye on Spencer Strider, and then. And it was all time and said and done. Uh, he did not make our cut into any of our spreadsheets last year. Not as a reliever, not as a starting pitcher, not as a hitter, obviously. Uh, but it was a guy like, hey, uh, if you look deep, deep down in the blue, uh, there's this guy named Spencer Strider who could be something, but we're not sure. We don't know what the Braves are doing. Yeah. And then uh, he became a Cy Young candidate last year. And now he is uh, uh, getting ready for another uh, fantastic season this year. But... Uh, I'm going to go with Ian Anderson as a default fifth starter for right now, but I really like uh, Bryce Elder as the guy who ultimately um, takes over the job sometime this season. I like what he did last year. I I picked him up in a couple of my teams last season to kind of uh, keep my rotation in order for a little bit. And uh, I I can honestly say that I I, I was very impressed with him. So I'm hoping that eventually it becomes one of those things where – Anderson starts off, breaks camp with the team, falters around May, and then it's Bryce Elder time. <laughs> it's Bryce Elder time around May, June, and it, it's his job, and he never relinquishes that ever again. How do you see it? Yeah, I, I would like to see Mike Soroka make the comeback after three years. I just I don't think it's happening. Um, so by default, I'm going Ian Anderson, um, and they'll ride it until as, as long as they can, and, and if he doesn't work out, they're going to have to – find something either internally or externally because I think Bryce Elder is going to be uh, kind of like that long man swing roll out of the bullpen. I think he's probably going to be pretty useful for them there. And especially in terms of limiting innings for guys like Spencer Schreiner and uh, Charlie Morton to try and keep them healthy, have them exit games, you know, possibly a little bit earlier than you would expect and have Bryce Elder come in and pick up two or three innings in relief. You got no uh, deep cuts for me for this one. No, no deep cuts on that one. Uh, I, you, you can't cut much deeper into the Braves farm system. It's pretty freaking terrible right now. Well, there's, uh, I mean, there's Javis Schuster. There's Alan Ron Hell. Uh, mm, 
they might be a thing. You never know. I I, I fell for a Ron Hell last year. It's not happening again. <laughs> I saw I saw the strikeout numbers last year, and then this year he was absolutely terrible. And they've of course traded even more. Um, yeah, they have a, just an absolutely terrible farm system right now. And I get it's all on the major league roster right now, but yikes uh quick shout out to uh henry and angel who uh appeared uh uh earlier on the show i don't know if they're still on or not but they did appear uh did wish us a good morning uh i, I have a name for you here for the braves and i want to i'm not sure if this is, is if this guy's related or not but i see a jj negro is he related to any of those negro oh brothers? i i have no clue i would you would think maybe he knows a guy who knew knows a scout uh 25 year old prospect in double a right yeah, uh, that's he is the son of Joe Necro, nephew of, nephew of Hall of Famer Phil Necro, and brother to Lance Necro, a former MLB player and his college coach. Is he a is he a knuckleballer? Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm sorry. His brother was his coach. I guess so. Wow. Is he a knuckleballer well, too? Okay, and it says nephew of Hall of Famer Phil Necro, and br- yeah, brother to Lance Necro. So I would assume he's the brother. Um, is he a knuckleballer? I have no clue. It's, um, it only makes sense if he's a knuckleballer, okay? <laughs> oh, you, you keep going. I'll, I'll do some research no. here. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we got a Mike Kostrzemski. And who's the other guy? Percival's kid, too, for the Dodgers, right? Oh, and uh, Billy Wagner's kid was playing third base what? in Houston. Yeah, Billy Wagner. Oh, uh, he had two hits and, like, two really good fielding plays. I was like, oh, my God, I feel old. 26-year-old prospects, right? <laughs> Oh. They're playing single A and then just dominating. Hey, this guy could be a thing. Can you give him a chance? Come on. <laughs> He's got a cool ass name. <laughs> I tore my ligaments for my arm ligaments for you, stupid asses. All right. Uh, so we did the who do we do? The Braves. Okay. Uh to Milwaukee, where I might be there uh July 4th weekend. So come through if you are in the area. So Milwaukee has a uh, has a problem. Well, the problem is that they're cheap, as we found out. Like <laughs> the problem is they don't like to spend money. <laughs> the problem is that they're Milwaukee. Yeah. And anyway, but they have an interesting cast of characters down there, uh, up there, I should yeah. say. Uh, I'm in Chicago. They're in Milwaukee, and they are trying to figure out who's going to be. I don't. Know, it, it says third base, but it really is a question as how is their infield going to uh, pan out? And I think I just listened to an episode of Rates and Barrels with. Uh, Darren Van Riper and Eno Saris and and they were kind of pulling their hair and playing musical chairs around the infield for this team because the only mainstay is going to be Willie Adamas it seems like and maybe maybe Roddy Telez or Tegas I should say uh, and, and obviously William Contreras a catcher but then is, is Luis Arias going to play third base is Bryce Terang really going to be the second baseman because about a couple of weeks ago Bryce Terang was on the bench and there's still Keston Kiura which I know I know you don't like but I, I do I do like Keston Kiura. I just think he's not he doesn't fit that roster because they if anything they want to platoon him and have him face lefties, but he's so much better versus righties. It's he's got the weird, very drastic reverse splits. And then well, I know that the strikeouts were a problem before, so um but and then they got Brian Anderson and Mike Brousseau. I know he's a he's more of a utility guy, but you know, he's been known to just gobble up some at bats when need be so it's a it's it's a real real uh head scratcher here but i guess it all depends if the brewers really believe in brian anderson yes or no yeah i think it could be one of those things where third base is luis urias um i mean he's been solid i don't think he's done anything 
to lose his job. Uh, 2021, he had the 23 home runs, 112 WRC plus two win player this year. He missed a little bit of time, only 119 games, hit 16 home runs, 110 WRC plus two win play, two and a half win player again. Uh, so I don't really think he's done anything to lose his job, but while they try and maybe fit Terang into the lineup initially as a platoon, maybe you see versus left-handed pitching, uh, Luis Arias slides over to second base and Brian Anderson comes in and plays third, or even Brian Anderson himself could play. He play, was playing uh, some second base for the Marlins um, every now and then as well. So Terang might be the guy that loses at bats as they kind of ease him in and try not to overexpose him. But I, I think this third base is pretty safe for Luis Arias. Yeah, that's what I think too. And again, I, I can he. You know, I, I know he qualifies everywhere in fantasy, but you think he, if need be, he could move over to his like second base and maybe shortstop still at this uh, stage of his career or no? Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't be betting on him playing any shortstop. Uh, I'm trying to look at his up the middle defensive numbers. Uh, in 2021, he played, so he's basically a minus two DRS at second base the last two years. He's played a little bit there, um, roughly 60 games over the last two years for Milwaukee. Um, but last year he was a one DRS, um, four outs above average at second base. So yeah, um, uh, he could get a little bit of playing time at second base. So it just depends on, on how much they want to move him around or would they rather just platoon terrain and like Brian Anderson straight up and have Anderson play second base. All right, let's move on. Then. So we both got Luis Arias for third base with Milwaukee, right? And yep. That's okay. Uh, well, we stay in Milwaukee, and now we've tried to figure out, oh, I see what they're doing. They're doing this by alphabetical order. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> I did not I did not realize that. So I thought. <laughs> Just wow. like Buck and his intra-squad lineup. I'm not sure if you saw that. It was <laughs> No, I missed it. No. It was hilarious. So they had asked him before their intra-squad game on Friday, um, how are you going to do the lineups? He goes, well, on the one, I'm going to put the WBC guys first. Uh, he said their teams want them to have a certain amount of, uh, you know, exp- or plate appearances, bats, whatever. Um, he did the WBC guys in order. He did Alonzo Escobar, um, Lindor McNeil. And then he went to like just the prospect guys, did them in alphabetical order. And all the way down to Vogelbach was batting ninth. And then in the other lineup for the inter-squad game, which featured mainly prospects. It started off Beatty, Cedrola, and it went all the way down to Vientos. And so he had actually done the entire lineup's alphabetical order. And uh, one sec. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good. So it it was just really funny because he had told uh, the reporters like it as a joke and everyone was like, ha, 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 (laughs) ha. And then they released the lineups the next day and it's legit in alphabetical order. (laughs) All right, uh, moving on. We're going to go to, well, we're staying in Milwaukee and figure out their pitching situation. Uh, it, I guess we can assume that the first four guys are safe, and then we're just trying to figure out if Wade Miley is going to be the fifth starter or if Adrian Hauser is going to be moved uh, from the bullpen to the fifth starter, or maybe they go six-man rotation. You still got Bryce Wilson, who uh, we just talked about the Braves, former Braves yeah. uh, prospect there. Aaron Ashby is hurt right now yeah. with shoulder fatigue, but he can also – Always come back. And you got Jason Alexander, who played George Costanza on Seinfeld, uh, <laughs> shoulder inflammation. And then I think they have some guys on, on the minors that might be worth looking at. I know we saw Ethan Small and Jansen Junk last year. Uh, I, I think I listed Robert Gasser as one of my guys uh, on the uh, 
on my prospects list who and yeah and even the article here says that it's white miley bryce wilson or even adrian hauser aaron ashby so uh it's a lot of options doesn't mean they're good options but it's a lot of options they're there <laughs> they're there uh in a perfect world if you're he's lucky and that's his command issues i would like to see aaron ashby for selfish reasons i know he's a, as you know it's very easy to get attached to some of these players yeah. and aaron ashby you know he's pretty much synonymous with the show he was that one guy that we talked about two years ago about hey look out for this aaron ashby very little known prospect he, he could be a thing and he's so close to being a thing he just it's milwaukee man they keep messing him up and now he has a shoulder fatigue but <laughs> i still believe in aaron ashby especially if he's a, if he's going to be the fifth starter how do you see it panning out i uh with ashby out um i'm not sure if they'll do a six-man rotation but that would kind of solve a lot of problems I have a hard time seeing them putting Hauser in the bullpen. I know Hauser had a bit of a down year last year, but he's just a guy. I mean, he's been a staple of that rotation um, basically for three and a half years now. Um, never been super flashy, um, but all you, you kind of know what you're getting with Adrian Hauser, uh, the bowling ball sinker. Uh, I have a hard time seeing them just take him out of the lineup or out of the rotation. And of course, Freddie Peralta is still an absolute question mark. So um, I think that there might be an open spot in that rotation just because I don't really trust Freddie Peralta. And I think he's pitching in the WBC, which seems insane for someone with all the issues he's had the last few years. You got to pitch sometime, right? So (laughs) you got to pitch sometime. You just can't sit on the sidelines for too long and take it easy. Otherwise, uh, at this point, if no one's going to be willing to pitch in the WBC... It's time to like I've been saying all along. It's time to bring bring in the robot umpires and the robot pitchers. Did you did you see where Team Mexico took a big loss uh, in their player pool yesterday? No, what happened? Uh, Alejandro Kirk bowed out. He's out with gout. You say no? He bowed out. (laughs) Oh, he bowed out. Yeah, Yeah. he he. It was his decision to make. I'm sure it was. Oh well, it was funny because they said it was due the the Carlos Correa reason. His wife's about to give birth, but then the team made a statement on it, and Uh it's like, so was it his choice or was it you guys told him and just said find a reason? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so you said six man rotation, right? Uh, for Milwaukee, I mean, they could. I just, I, I think Adrian Hauser. Adrian Hauser. Fit, okay. Yeah, I think Adrian Hauser fits in there. I'm just, I'm just writing it down. That's all. We'll go back down to Chicago, my neck of the woods. And apparently, there's a position battle at third base. Like you know, I'm so blasé about this Cubs team. Although they look a little bit better this year than last year, but it's I'm so blah. I'm just so meh about it. <laughs> meh, like I'm like I'm an Arab. I'm so meh about it. <laughs> like you got to go in the back of your throat. Uh, the Cubs have addressed several holes on the roster, but third base remains open. The versatile Christopher Morel and his thirty percent strikeout rate. That's I added that one in. Yeah, <laughs> he could little figure. Edi- little editorial comment. Yeah, you know Yard Barker's not going to include that. No, well Christopher Morel has a chance to be in the mix. But he struggled late in the rookie season. You think so? <laughs> oh, spe- well. Speaking of high strikeouts, Patrick Wisdom is also <laughs> he's also uh, involved, and maybe Nick Madrigal. Yeah. I'm not sure candidate. he can throw it that far. <laughs> I don't think so either. I don't think he can reach. Well, it, it's funny because you know I've always been the Nick Madrigal homer, but when I read that he was going to be at third base, I was like, can he throw it from there? <laughs> can he reach? <laughs> 
But uh, I mean, and looking at the roster research, you still got Zach McKinstry, who is like kind of their super utility guy. I'm pretty sure he could play some third base, but yeah, he, he played third base for him down the stretch last year. But definitely, you don't want him doing it every day. Otherwise, you're back to where you started. Um, just quickly looking to see if there's any uh, uh, what do you call them? Um, minor league, minor league uh, options. Sorry, and I don't see anybody worth noting. So. Ah, uh, who's listed right now as a third baseman right on roster resource? It is Patrick Wisdom and then Christopher Morrell. But if you're going to go with this youth movement, I would s- assume it's Christopher Morrell. But then you did give that contract to Patrick Wisdom, albeit a cheap contract. That you still, wait, wait, he, still, he got a multi-year deal? Yeah, I think it was five years. It was like the cheapest contract ever. I forgot. And, and who knows? Maybe it'd be, it's over by now. Although we find out that J.J. Necro is a knuckleballer. Uh, he does throw a few every bullpen. But he says it's kind of annoying. Uh, he <laughs> says people, imagine. whenever like whenever they see him and they see his name, the first question they ask that he said is, "Do you throw a knuckleball?" <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Well, I, I kind of throw one every now and then, like in a bullpen, to make sure it doesn't get too much dust on it." But uh, he tries not to throw it. <laughs> Understandably so. By the way, I'm playing this uh, video game on on my phone. Nothing too fancy. It's a baseball game. And, and they have several pitchers, uh, the computer does, on, on different teams that throw knuckleballers. And I just, it makes me scream. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. But anyway, back to third base with the Cubbies. Um, I don't know. I, I would just put Christopher Morrell in there and see what happens. But how do you see it go down? I like, and this is kind of uh, in the vein of, I don't like Patrick Wisdom, but let's start this guy who's basically the same. Uh, Edwin Rios. Long-time mm. Dodger platoon bat. Uh, Cubs picked him up this year. I mean, the guy has 20 career home runs and, like, 290 plate appearances. Like, that's one one every, what, 13, 14 plate appearances. Uh, the power is legit. Um, I'm just not sure if he defensively has the chops to play third base, but, I mean, Patrick Wisdom has been terrible over there, and he has played every day, basically. So, um I don't know. I, I like Edwin Rios. I always wish he got more of a chance in LA because he just he smacks the hell out of the ball. Um, maybe in some sort of platoon, probably uh, with either Wisdom or Madrigal or Morrell. I don't know. I, I definitely don't think Morrell is like a full time player. I, I think he's like the utility, super yeah. tooled up kind of yeah. plays everywhere. Yeah, unfortunately, that's uh, not on this team. On this team right now, as 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 a fit. They kind of need them, but you did say you, you are going with Patrick Wisdom, though, right? Uh, I was going with Edwin Rios. Oh, Edwin Rios, sorry. Oh. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, and I'm a little distracted because now I, I can't find that contract. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not seeing a Patrick Wisdom deal. Are you thinking about David Bodie? Yeah, sorry. I, David, I, I, David Bodie had the five year deal, and yeah, it was like bad. five years, eight million, I think. It was something um, stupid. Never it mind. It was like something out of like the 1980s. It was a 1980s contract. And, uh, Okay, and now so he's in triple A, yeah. Yeah, it was five years, 15 million, um, <laughs> with a fifty thousand dollar signing bonus. I don't think I've ever seen a signing bonus that low in a major league contract. Why I still don't get it. And this is around the time where you got Ian Happ and all those guys, Javier Baez. And he's got two club options, so <laughs> it could make it a seven year 14, a seven year 30 million dollar contract. I don't, but you know, they won't pick those up. So it doesn't make no, you'd be surprised, man. Really? Like, you know, this guy's a cheap player, you know, is he even on the 40 man roster anymore? No, no, he's a non-roster invitee to Cubs land right now. So 
he's going to be in the minor leagues making $9 million. Good for him, man. Good for him. <laughs> As it makes those see, bus rides much more tolerable when you know you're making $9 million. As he's battling, you know, guys like Chase Chase Strumpf and Nick Madrigal, and now he has to look at Jason, Jason Santana behind his back. Uh, you know what? Good for him. That's all I'm going to say. Good, Good for, for him. him. You got, got your money. <laughs> got your money. That's all that matters. Get your money, boy. Uh, Diamondbacks, they got a closer by committee situation as well. And they, uh, Yard Barker has listed Mark Melanson, which makes me really scratch my head as to why. Yeah, the, the, this entire one with the D-backs is kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, they got some guys. They got some guys, as Dave wants to say. They got some guys that can make plays. Kevin Ginkle, uh, Joe Mantiply, or is it Mantiply? Miguel <laughs> Castro and Scott McGow. McGough, I guess. I don't know. He was the guy I think they got from, like, Japan, Korea, somewhere. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep, you're right. Well, they have one, two, three, four, five. They got five guys listed on roster resource. I believe I did see Mark Melanson show up uh, back in mid-February, and I I decided not to add him to the list. I don't care if he comes (laughs) out of camp with the closers job. I refuse to acknowledge you. (laughs) I don't want him. 38 years old, and he's looked terrible last year or so, last couple years or so. I don't want him. I want nothing to do with him. I'd rather take a chance on Andrew Chafin or Kevin Ginkle, even Joe Mantiply at the very worst can get you some holds in holds leagues. And Miguel Castro is the sexy pick now, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I've always liked Kevin Ginkle. He's always had pretty good upside. Um, I remember he was a name that I learned playing out of the park baseball. He had a really high stuff rating, but it was either much like his real life tenure in the major so far. He was either really good or really bad. So, uh, Ginkle's career ERA uh, by year, um, he appeared in 25 games in 2019, had a 1.48 ERA, a whip under one, uh, 28 strikeouts in 24 innings. 2020 and 2021 were struggles, ERA over six, whip of 2.1 and 1.5. Last year, kind of got back in rhythm, 3.3 ERA, 30 innings, 30 strikeouts, 1.3 whip, not great. But you're starting, I mean, he's got the high-velocity fastball, really pretty good slider. Um, so I, I like Ginkle, but I've always liked Miguel Castro as well. I just don't think Castro has the control to ever mm-hmm. be a trusted high-leverage closer. Um, so I, I so don't Kevin, think it's, yeah, Kevin Ke- Ginkle for you. Ke- Kevin Ginkle. Dark Horse Jerry's familiar because oh, <laughs> wow. he's, he's there too. <laughs> Wow, they got bring up bring bring back all the Mets. Make the I mean, back twenty. They, they have the twenty four or twenty fifteen, twenty fourteen like elite closers, uh, with Melanson and Familia. I was <laughs> Somebody say, said yeah. they should sign Archie Bradley. <laughs> oh God, no! Let's not do that again. I'm gonna go with Andrew Chafin. Just uh, he's a, seems to be the steady of all the arms there, with the high strikeout rate and the ability to limit his walks as well. Uh, he's projected to get the lowest whip on that team as well, according to ATC ranking uh, projections, I should say. And at the very least, he'll get you 16 holes. At the very least, I think he's going to be used a lot this year because uh, Diamondbacks are, are on the cusp of competing. They're on my surprise team of 2023 in the National League, and I think he's they're going to turn heads. And I think uh, they're going to be in games. They're going to be so competitive. And Andrew Chafin, I in a perfect world, would be the ninth inning guy in my world. 
But I have a feeling that at the very least, you're going to get a lot of holds. I'm talking like league leading holds out of Andrew Chafin. And you see, I worry about Chafin's hold numbers this year because Mantiply was that guy last year that got a lot of their yeah, holds. But he wasn't that good, man. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty good. Not he that was, good. Like, he he was pretty good. No, he was. I had Joe Mantiply several times last year, and he just every time I picked it up, he sucked. And, and, and I mean, come on, uh, 9.15 strikeout per nine. That's. I mean, it's not much higher than I think that is higher than Chapin's. No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, when compared to every relief pitcher available at that time. It, it, that's low. I'll give him this. He really does a great job controlling his walks. I, I, I don't. Oh wait, I'm, that's yeah. His walks. His walks matches home run per nine, which is really crazy. Okay. Less than one per nine innings. I mean, and, him, him, and Chafin were basically identical last year. Chafin did have a ten and a half K per nine to his only nine, but I mean. They were damn near identical across the board. 2.85 ERA to 2.83. Uh, FIP and XFIP are real close. Expected ERA real close. But I, um, I gave him a couple of chances last year. And every time I picked them up, and, and as you can see, this is where the frustration comes in, where you, you get attached to some players, and then you have this 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 bad taste in your mouth for certain players. And right now, Joe Mantz applies in my doghouse because every time I pick them up, he shit the bed. Yeah, that's he, he what had, happened. He had 22 holds last year to Chafin's 19. Chafin had three saves. Mansply had two. So it's one of those situations where even if you play in a holds league, I feel like having those guy, guys on the same team this year, um, it kind of hurts because both of those guys were some of the best holds, you know, collectors over the last few or, or over last year. But now on, on the same team, will they get as many? Granted, you can have as many holds as pitchers, as long as you have the lead or whatever the role for it is, I think three runs. Oh, wow. But I, I, it's like multiple guys can get holds in a game, but will they be willing to use since they're both lefties? Like you would think they could try and alternate the games that they use them to always have that high leverage lefty available. Mm -hmm. Um, So should be interesting how they use. Well, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. They're going to compete more. And I, like I said, I have a bad taste in my mouth for Joe Mantiply, but there's no denying that he was pretty productive those times that I didn't pick him up, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Joe Mantiply was uh, tied for 11th. So on the outside looking in in the top 10, Joe Mantiply was tied with 11, uh, in, in 11th place in holds. Hey, he was their all-star last year. Oh, God. And Andrew Chafin. <laughs> Andrew Chafin was tied for 21st in holds, and he's right there with some of the big names that we have heralded on this podcast. Nope. Evan Evan Phillips, Trevor Stephan, or is it Stephen? Stephan? Stephen? Uh, and and Adam Simber, who is a long-time, long-time favorite of mine uh, when he was with the Padres. Stephen O'Kurt, who is a guy I'm looking, I'm keeping an eye on for the Marlins this season. One of the Luis, one of the many Luis Garcias in Major League Baseball. This guy plays for the Padres, who was also there. And uh, Dennis Santana. Uh, which you know, it's not his fault he plays for the Rangers. And ahead of ahead of guys like established names like Yohan Duran, Adam Oravino, Matt Bush, not Matt Bush, no, my <laughs> former podcast partner, but Matt Bush. So either way, I do believe that both teams, you know, both guys can be uh, useful. Uh, even in five by five, at the very least, you'll get well, maybe not five by five, but definitely holds leaks for sure. Definitely holds leaks for yeah. sure, and. I think we're both on this one. Anyone but Mark Melanson. That's the true answer here. Anyone but Mark Melanson. All right. Because if they name him closer, people like you have to draft him. 
and nobody no, wants. No, you to. don't. No, you don't. No, no. If you draft, no, if somebody, you draft, somebody has, somebody has to draft. Well, them. they're they're stupid. Okay. Yeah. If you end up drafting Mark Melanson, don't blame us. We're telling you right now, do not draft. You might as well get Daniel Bard. You get the same results, but uh, less headaches. Oh God, Daniel Bard of, the, and you'll get more strikeouts, <laughs> more walks, but. <laughs> You know, you'll get whatever blown saves from Mark Melanson. I just, why would you do that to yourself? Anyway, uh, Diamondbacks fifth rotation. This is an interesting one, though. This is more, yeah. much more interesting than the bullpen. I like this one. Uh, this they got guys like Ryan, Ryan, not Ryan, Ryan Nelson, Dre Jameson, and Brandon Puffat. Is that that's what <laughs> we're calling him here? Like he's the Pfizer of the Diamondbacks. No, <laughs> Puffat. The hell was that? Like oh, were... I'm just laughing. Oh, it sounded like you were drowning. <laughs> a little drink, bit. A little did you bit. Drink water? Is that what happened? Yes, I'm hydrating. So uh all three guys, uh well, two of those guys were um were on my prospects list, and then I decided that I was gonna add Dre Jamison into my spot starter list. So get him out of the but you know, all these guys are interesting names. They, they all come highly graded from fan graphs. I have a, a a bias towards Ryan Nelson because he did help me out late in the year last year in fantasy leagues. Um, not not to say that the other guys are not useful, and there could be a scenario where they uh, Diamond Max realize, you know, we're starting Zach Davies every five days. Why are we doing that to ourselves? Well, they just gave him a new contract too. I don't care. Now, if he struggles, you think they're going to give him a chance? They're going to keep holding back Dre Jemison and Brandon Fat. Just to keep, just to justify that Zach Davies contract. Same thing with Madison <laughs> Bumgarner. Same thing with Merrill Kelly. No man, I, I have a good feeling that at least two of these guys are going to be full time starters uh, by the time the year ends. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to go with Ryan Nelson as my my guy at, to get that fifth starting spot. Do you see it the same way or no? I think to start the year, it's probably Ryan Nelson. But I really like Brandon Fat. I really yeah. like him. Uh, the only thing that's working against him is he's currently not on the 40-man roster. Uh, Dre Jamison is somebody that is, as was Ryan Nelson. Obviously, they both pitched last year, and they both pitched a pretty good success um, after having some struggles in AAA, which is something that Brandon Fat didn't have compared to Nelson because uh, I was actually really in on Nelson and then kind of gave up because the AAA numbers were just really bad. And I know it's the PCL, and I try and, you know – take that for what it is but it was like his the strikeouts just plummeted um but uh yeah i think in the end it's brandon fat but ryan nelson's probably keeping the spot warm all right let's quickly move on we have the dodgers and this is where i have it ending on my cheat sheet but it looks like we have a little bit more time we'll see let's see how far we can move yeah the dodgers are an interesting team no more kenley jansen no more craig kimbrell and now it's time for a lot of the relievers i mean if you listen to this podcast the last two or three years, you would say, right? Yeah. If you listen to this podcast, all we do is just sing the praises of the Dodgers bullpen, bullpen outside of Jen. Can I mean, Jen- just look at some of these names. Like they're all like rejects from other teams. The Devils and, rejects. And, and now they're just like studs. And I mean, some of them had potential, like Bruzar Gratterall. Yeah. But the, the Twins definitely kind of. I don't want to say gave up because they did. It was the Kenta Maeda deal. Um, but it just seemed like they didn't want to have to deal with, do we start him? Do we put him in the bullpen? He only has two pitches. Uh, we don't know about his command. But all of these other guys were given up rejects from their original teams. 
Uh, Shelby Miller, of course, has had his injury problems. He comes in. Jimmy Nelson, same thing. Really good pitcher, had injury problems. He comes in. Yancey yeah. Almonte, great stuff in Colorado. Could never figure it out over there. Comes to L.A. last year and has like a ERA between like under two, I think, or it was right around two. Caleb Ferguson, he's actually, I think, the only homegrown one. Alex, uh, sounds right. Yeah. yeah, Alex Vesia was high strikeout guy from the Miami system, got put on waivers. L.A. scooped him up immediately. Uh, Gratterall, Evan Phillips brought on waivers from Tampa after Tampa picked him up on waivers. So, you know, they probably saw roughly the same thing there with those two teams. And then Daniel Hudson, who's kind of been around for, for a long time, yeah. long time. But I mean, nobody ever was like, oh, let me go get Daniel Hudson. No, he was he debuted uh, in 2009. Yeah, he was wow. a, a highly regarded starting pitching prospect for the White Sox. And I think the Diamondbacks, whom yeah. I think it was the Diamondbacks, and they tried to give him a chance as a as a starter. That didn't pan out. And let me see. As I'm kind of just going off of memory, but maybe it's a good idea to just go into his page and see what happened here. Yeah, he's been that, relieving uh, since 2014, 2015. Wow. So the Diamondbacks gave up on him starting. Uh, I mean, wow. I, I kind of remember that, though. Like, that was a home I, I, I do. I do remember that. It was a home runs because he, he doesn't walk a lot of guys. He, the strikeouts were pretty respectable, but gives up a lot of home runs. A lot of bad luck, but regardless, they don't care about that. No, not enough ground ball rate back in 2012 when they tried to give him. Oh, and then he got hurt, I think. Because there's yeah. like missing 2013, so he must have gotten Tommy John surgery yep. or some sort of surgery. Comes back in 2014 and just made his uh, career as a reliever ever since. This is the second stint with the Dodgers. Uh, it says that he was with two teams in 2019. Who that were was uh, he? The Nationals. Yeah, uh, that's big, right. He was, he, he was the big bullpen piece for them. That that's year. right. That's right. That was he the guy who saved the, the he got the last out for them uh, uh, in Game Seven. Possibly. Because I, I do want to say like it was either that year or the next year after that that he got a big like a pretty good healthy contract. All right. Um, well, some veteran grit, some veteran grit on this team with with okay. Daniel Hudson, and then Sean. I mean, let's take a look at who's injured though. And I don't know when these guys are supposed to be coming back, but they've been on the shelf for a while now. And you got JP JP Fayer Fayer oh, Yeah. Oh my. That that the fact that he they were able to get away with that is just. You the the Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. They can't keep getting away with it because JP Firesign is so damn good. So yeah. freaking good. I know he's hurt, but he's so damn good. A little bit of history there, probably with Andrew Friedman in Los Angeles. Uh former Cardinals uh fireballer Alex Reyes. Yeah. O- only 28 years old still. Man, if they can somehow fix him, like oh that that's a frightening thing. And all reliable Blake Train Blake Trinan, uh, but he's going to be 35 this year, so who knows uh, what they could do with him? And then, of course, that vaunted, vaunted, vaunted uh, minor league system of theirs. Uh, I'm trying to see who would come in and maybe relief. Maybe Robbie Erlin as a lefty. Maybe Jordan Jordan Yamamoto is on that team mm-hmm. still, or maybe Ryan Pepio could you know do some bullpen time while they try to give him some major league appearances uh let's see phil bickford is still on the team victor gonzalez is still on the team uh in and the, then in that the was AAA. a lot of their homegrown guys that i think they've since recently booted off the 40 man but were able to keep which is like you would think if like oh, okay the dodgers took time to develop these guys maybe some other team would just take the chance like i, yeah. I don't know but 
another former Ray, Matt Andresi. Pretty sure there's an Andrew Friedman connection there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ruby De La Rosa, you remember him? Oh, that was, I remember when he was a prospect. Yeah. So he's he's uh, down in the bullpen in AAA, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of uh, mixed roles there. But we go back to the major league team. We need to pick one. Although it is the Dodgers, I wouldn't be surprised if they just go by committee. But ultimately, there's always got to be one guy to stand out yeah. over the others. My pick, I would just give it to Evan Phillips and let him run with it. We yeah. we we love him around these parts. We have sung his praises. He was on our at the top of our uh, relief pitching uh, ranking. Well, not yours, but my <laughs> relief pitcher rankings. Yeah. And you kind of confirm, yeah, that looks about right. Evan Phillips is really good. <laughs> uh, do you like Evan Phillips to be the guy who wins out, or do you see it someone else? I think they view Phillips as too valuable. I think they know he's their best relief pitcher, which makes me think that he's not the closer. Uh, The traditional quote-unquote closer, I think, goes to Bruzdar. And then Evan Phillips picks up that kind of like the, okay, we need an out, get out there and get it. Uh, I think that's the role for Evan Phillips. I like that. I like that too. But, you know, I like to reward the guys who – perform that would be me that would be me i don't care you know the ninth inning guy is the guy that gets the biggest spotlight gets the most money uh and ultimately is the best relief pitcher on the team for better or for worse until i mean you saw what who was the one guy who got ridiculed in arbitration and uh, ryan, ryan thompson it was ryan thompson yeah it was a raise right yeah yep you know, they, they dismiss the holes like, yeah, no shit. Of course the race would do that. <laughs> but then they, but, and then they dismiss leverage, but then they went ahead and, 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 and cited something from stupid fan graphs called meltdowns, which is kind of weird. Cause I, I would think that <laughs> that, tie, that would tie in with leverage. Right. Yeah. But apparently uh, the race cited that so, your honor, uh, this guy, it, it's actually honors. There's three of them. <laughs> your, uh, if it pleases the court of arbitration here, your honors. <laughs> Arc, uh, yeah, it, yeah, although, albeit, traditionally speaking, he was pretty darn good. But Holtz, we all know those are fake numbers. The real numbers <laughs> are in the other fake numbers. And, Your Honor, honors, you could see that he led the league in meltdowns, okay? And <laughs> like he's he just, a toddler or something. <laughs> he, yeah, exactly. he, had a, he had a meltdown. <laughs> I think I saw that as a, in a comment, too. Like, he's a, he leads the league in meltdowns for toddlers uh, above <laughs> the age of 30 years old. But... Um, it was kind of weird to see that, that that a team like the Rays, who are known for, you know, this advanced analytics stuff, they just go in ahead and dismiss leverage. Yeah. And I, it just makes me wonder, how did they dismiss leverage? And isn't that what it's all about? But then they have the audacity to uh, cite something like meltdowns, which I I want to say it does play into the whole thing, idea about leverage, shutdowns and meltdowns, right? Well, I, I think the the criteria for meltdowns is like a certain amount of innings pitched or less and with a certain amount of runs or more uh so i i don't think it's like a whole le- like it's not tied to the leverage score but it's more of just like a descriptive like quality start i, I think it's something in- to do with that and that's yeah, how I'll- it's come up with listen man all, all those stats when you start talking about meltdowns and shutdowns and uh because I think they also cited WPA, and I think Ryan Thompson. I'm not seeing him on the leaderboard here. Uh, I, I honestly, I'm trying to blank as to if he well. Was it's good like or the not. weird thing with him is like he was part starter, part reliever. So it's always like one of those like 
you can't he can't say oh i'm a, a really good reliever huh. or like I'm, I'm i'm not a great reliever and i'm not a great starter and so the rays can kind of take advantage of that oh, actually he's only started one game one I, game yeah. i thought he pitched more they he had another be... yarborough no. am i thinking about yarborough ryan yarborough or johnny chirinos or you might be thinking about the 20 uh the 20 fuck i forgot the 20 zach thompson's in this in, okay. in major league yeah. baseball so yeah ryan thompson uh, so i'm thinking of a totally different guy so he's zach thompson <laughs> yeah exactly I, I think i was honestly thinking ryan yarborough but okay. um yeah okay so yeah i don't know i uh, it's it's weird <laughs> here, here uh wpa last year sean he was at negative 0.96 so huh. that'll that'll work against his favor he did have 15 meltdowns last year as well oh. i don't i we don't he, use that. an ever increasing number of meltdowns he had we, eight in 2020 10 in 2021 15 in 2022 your I honors could, i could see the race he's getting worse <laughs> your honors we, we're, we're just doing him a favor right now by offering him this contract let alone wanting him to be on the roster but the, the astros literally said that with jason castro <laughs> i think I, I know i mentioned that entire story last year but they were like it was they said something to that effect of like we even think he should get less but this is what we're offering yeah, and i was just like oh my god <laughs> It pleases the court, Your Honors. We're trying our best here, but we, we just, <laughs> you know, we can only do so much. We can't help the boy. The 31-year-old guy, you know, he's going to be 31 this year. We can't help out the boy. He's just not that good. But, you know, there's obviously some. It's not worth the $1 million that he's at. Was he asking for a $1 million? It was like 1.2, and they offered 1.0 or something like oh, that. God. It was over like 200K, I think. Uh, He pitched in 40. So he didn't even qualify. So I have to, uh, how many innings did he pitch? He 42. had 42. So I have two to, thirds. I wanted to see what this means. So I got to drop it down to 40 innings pitch minimum. How are we doing on time? Okay. I think we're doing pretty good. Meltdown. So le- by the way, leading the league last year was Brad Boxberger, Griffin Jacks. Jake Interesting. Peachman. Cause Boxberger, I think had like a pretty good year. Like it was like a comeback year for him. Yeah. Well, he also uh, had 35 shutdowns. So uh, yeah, that's he, a had hell a, of a... he had a 2.95 year race. So to have the most meltdowns. and But he also had 35 shutdowns. So you take the good with the bad, right? That's a yeah. two to one ratio right there. Uh, Griffin Jacks also led the league in meltdowns at 17, along with Jake Diekman, who's also been a pretty reliable relief pitcher for most mm. of his career. Mm. And our guy, Tanner Scott. Yeah. Oh. One day, man. One day. I'm telling you, Tanner Scott just needs to become Jake Diekman. I mean, I, I like that's literally the lefty with no command, really good stuff. Like, and Jake Diekman has a career walks per nine above five, and he's been in the big leagues for a decade. Uh, like, how? Because he's a left hander that throws the ball hard. And te- 10 years of service time, he is fully vested. MLB pension. Congrats to Jake Diekman. Holy hell, that's wild. Really quick, uh, these all these guys I'm going to name not only had more than 15 meltdowns last year, but they also had negative WPAs, win probability added. So these are all storyline statistics, as I was trying to mention. Ryan Brazier, Ooh. Tyler Rogers, mm. Rowan Wick, that's Richard. Name. Richard Blyer. So far, these are guys that I would have, uh, maybe not Ryan Brazier, because for some reason I still believe in him. But these are all guys that I would have recommended to not pick up on your teams, right? Ryan Thompson. 
<laughs> we just talked about it. And this is the reason why I'm so mad at Joe Mantiply, who also shows up on this list. 15 meltdowns last year, negative 0.74 WPA. I told you he sucked. I told you. <laughs> Uh, Dennis mm-hmm. Santana, who I, we also mentioned earlier on this podcast, and I never trusted him. I, I forgot why he was mentioned. He must have led something in something. Holds, I think, maybe, right? <laughs> he must have led something in something. Uh, Gregory Soto. So have fun with that, Philadelphia. Oh, God. Joey Crespiel from the Baltimore Orioles. I told you the Orioles sucked. <laughs> Our guy, Tanner Scott, who, if, when I sort this, I, I think he might have led the league in, w, in negative WPA last year. We're going to check that out. And oh. Jake Diekman. Okay, so I was completely wrong. Shutdowns and meltdowns are tied directly, uh, not to leverage, but to WPA. Yeah. So meltdown but, but, is... Oh. But you would think that those stats do have something to do with leverage because you got to be brought in in high leverage situations to yeah. see that get shifted positively or negatively to the extreme. So anyway, the leader uh, of w- of negative WPA was some guy named John King and... Uh, Joel Payamps and Will Crow Adam, the only three guys who had more than uh like more than negative two, or would that be less than negative two? Yeah, less than negative two. And then there's our guy Tanner Scott in fourth place. So interesting statistics, statistics that we don't normally use, but since the Rays are gonna use them, Sean, we should use them too, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, there's our guy, Mark Melanson. Six, <laughs> six. You know what? The Rays have it right. <laughs> Meltdowns, negative WPA, they can't be trusted. These storyline <laughs> statistics, they might have some merit, especially when it comes. There's Craig Kimbrell, number 11. Anyway, I'm going to get lost in a sea of numbers if I keep doing this. So, anyway, uh, I, so, okay, we're done with the Dodgers. Uh, closer situation. You Now we go to left field. Why? Because that's who's playing. Trace Thompson. Oh, God. James Outman. I, 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 this is the James Outman show. Please don't play J- Jason Hayward. Please, for the love of God, Jason do not play Jason Hayward. Hayward. Uh, if the team decides to give Miguel Rojas, which they should. Oh, wait, no. That, I don't want to. You want Miguel Vargas. Miguel Vargas, thank you very much. If they get him significant playing time in the infield, Miguel Vargas could also shift from second base to left field. What? No, give it to James <laughs> Outman. Give it to James Outman. Yeah, and that's a name that, that was mentioned a lot, and I wasn't paying attention because I didn't care about it, James Altman. You, I mean, come on, dude. That, that's the worst baseball name you can have for a hitter. <laughs> You're out, man. <laughs> You're out, man. No, the, the, and of course, that goes with the uh, the worst name you can give to a relief pitcher, Will. Oh, man. <laughs> but no, Altman last year, uh, for those that weren't really paying attention, uh, he hit 31 home runs between 115 or 125 uh i i can't do math i think it's 125 yeah 31 home runs 125 games between double a and triple a last year uh the strikeout rate was between you know 29% at double a 25% at triple a uh stole 13 bases only caught i believe three times uh batted 290 390 on base at both levels Slugging went from 550 in double A to 630 in triple A. And he did get a cup of coffee last year. Um, with the six, 40, um, I was going to just quickly mention the 43.8 strikeout rate that he had. Oh, last yeah, year. You, we, we don't pay attention to that. We pay attention to his well, well, major league game log. Well, Sean, Sean, was, really, bef- before you go into that, before you go into that, Sean, I mean, they're the same guy who. 
<laughs> raises the red flag on anybody who has strikeout rates above 25% in the minors. And this guy has nothing but it was four high... games. <laughs> no, 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 no. In the minors, he had oh, nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's, 20... it's high. It's oh, high. Yeah, it's high, but still, it's I high. want him. I want he should be. Well, right now he's listed in triple A. With, uh, with but guys. it's also healthy walk rates, and while they were high, they were never they never spiked. Like he's the he's the Joey Gallo of that team. You know they had no, Joey Gallo, and they decided they're gonna give a younger version of Joey Gallo a chance. Uh, right now, it's it's a wealth of riches in LA when the, with their outfield. They have Andy Pages. Well, apparently it's Andy Pacas, according to Ano Saris. Uh, remember Brad Zimmer? He's on this team. Stephen Duggar, remember him from the Giants? He's on oh, this God. team in Triple A. They still got Yusnail Diaz, the 26-year-old uh, free agent from Baltimore. Oh, yeah, I remember him now. Yeah, that was the Manny Machado trade. He was the top That's, piece in that oh, deal, and now yeah. he's, yeah. He's back? He's always been there. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I thought. No, wait. I think, wait, he's I, on the Dodgers? Yeah. No. I'm, I'm looking at it. He's on the Dodgers. That can't be the same guy. You think there's like 20 U.S.? Oh, it's possible. Oh, it might be because I do want to say he was a minor league free agent. Oh yeah! Dodgers, oh my God, Orioles. it is him! Oh and they my brought him God. back. They brought him back. Baltimore, Just... what are you doing? <laughs> and this is the team you guys want me to fall in love with. Oh. <laughs> I swear to God, oh, what a God! And if they gave it... him like five guys in that trade, and none of them were good. That's oh. why I'm okay. That's what you just go ahead and get the player you want and just trade all your bum ass prospects. They're not gonna amount to anything most of the time, right? I, love, I think that was the same. Well, I don't think it was the same offseason or same uh trade deadline. Remember, they traded Jordan Alvarez for uh what was it, Josh Fields? Who the Dodgers? Yeah. Yeah. That was a yikes trade. No, well, they needed someone to uh, come out of the bullpen because they had no bullpen. <laughs> now they Is have that... too, now they have too much bullpen. Because they play for keeps in LA, all right? They play for keeps. And then, uh, well, I mean, they did mention, you're right, uh, Eno Serres and uh, DVR in the Race and Barrels podcast, they did mention James Altman a lot in, their, in the last episode, and I just wasn't paying attention because I'm not interested in that. Uh, so I'm not interested in, 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 in a guy named Altman, but now you're on board with him despite the high strikeout rates. Got it. Yeah, uh, it, it's really more of the... Really solid. Uh, if you look at his batted ball data in terms of the line drive percentage, he's not too pull heavy. Um, the good and it's solid line drive. And he hit like three home. What was his? Uh, I had to go off of it. Uh, but let me pull it up from his game log. He was a guy who started off his career um, in Colorado. He went three for four with the home run and a double. Um, really good. And then played a three game series. Um, Got two hits and then one hit. Um, he's a good hitter. I, I, he might strike out a little bit, but hey, he, he grows out of it. He'll grow out of it. Well, uh, his name's James Outman, not James Strikeout Man. No, it, it's all out. <laughs> They're all outs, man. They're not good at all. All outs are not the same. All outs are not good. I don't care. It's an out at the end of the day. That's an innings pitch for a starting pitcher, okay? And that's all that matters. <laughs> Uh, right now, David Peralta is listed as a left fielder. Trace Thompson at center field, and then at right field, Mookie Betts. Obviously, yeah. I was going to say, was this article written before this was? Well, it was updated a day ago. And uh, the I forgot, from... I forgot. I forgot. David Peralta is out there. You... The article's from two days ago. So, uh, well, you know, for a team that is in win now mode and has a high uh, high payroll, this team's not doesn't look that good. 
You know, I mean, that was the same thing with them last year. Is if you looked at the Dodgers lineup last year, it, it was like kind of ugly. I mean, you you Trace Thompson started like over a hundred games. Yeah. Um, like I, I need to go back and just look at it, but it was a ugly roster, and they still won a hundred and it's something games. Really remarkable what they do over there. That's why I, I, I sometimes dream. That he is me. I just want to be Andrew Friedman, man. I, I wish I could be Andrew Friedman. I, I'm pretty sure Andrew Friedman would be like, no, nah, man, nobody wants to be me. And you wouldn't like, want this. Like you wouldn't Chris, want this. Chris life. Taylor wasn't good. Bellinger wasn't good. Justin Turner was okay, but had a, like a really bad no. down year. Trace Thompson appeared in 74 games at a 901 OPS. Don't ask me how. I remember that. I remember but, that. But yeah. I mean, uh, Jake, La- Jake Lamb appeared in 25 games. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Pillar played in a few, oh, like Hanser Alberto played in 73 games. Your guy. Oh yeah. The lefty killer. Um, yeah. but it was just like outside of, you know, Freeman bets, Will Smith, which I know Getting hard, with it. You, can't, you can't really ignore them, but it's like outside of those three you looked at the lineup and you're like, they're not that good, but they, Dark- they, 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 they just won. They didn't give up runs. Their, their pitching was that good. Dark horse candidates play left field. Are you ready? J.D. Martinez. They're going to give him a glove. <laughs> uh, really quick, Sean. So speaking of which, might as well ask you. Uh, I've been avoiding Justin Turner, Max Muncy, J.D. Martinez in a lot of my mock drafts. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Are you picking up shares of any of those three guys? Just, uh, did you say Justin Turner? I know he plays for the Red, Red Sox, Sox, but okay. he's I, always I, I'm, available. I'm more interested in Justin Turner because of the the monster. J.D. Martinez could have some sort of like resurrection with his hitting guru coach out there. Um, Max Muncy used to be my favorite like out of any of those guys, but yeah. I don't know. I just don't think he's healthy. Like He's been dealing with all those arm problems, and I just don't think he's healthy. Because a lot of, you know, Max Monthy still listed as a top 10 second baseman, even maybe even top 10, top 12, third baseman as well. And once it gets down to Max Muncy, that that to me, that's when the dead zone starts at those positions. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to wait. I am not interested in Max Muncy and I'll just concentrate on other areas of, that my I mean, team needs. Because we thought 2020 was just like the aberration where, you know, he batted under 200. He did it again this year. And I mean, it, like, and there wasn't the home runs. Like, it was 21 home runs. Like, I can get 21 home runs everywhere with the batting average 40 points higher, but it's just streaming, guys. I can get um, 21 home runs from Drake. Yeah. Just brings in 21 Savage. <laughs> but listen, man. Um, No, I mean, it, it, he always had the hitting profile, right? He always had the hitting profile that, you know, it's a boomer bust type of player. And when it was working, it was working great. Yeah. I don't know if I want to deal with that this year. I don't, when there's such better, younger options. At middle infield, even third base, who can, uh, who can give you a little bit more batting average, uh, won't kill you with the strikeouts, uh, have a higher on base percentage. Because even Muncie, I, I, if I remember correctly, even his on base percentage was has been dipping the last three years or so. Uh, and and I know that the Tommy Johnson, I, I, what did he ever get the surgery? He got the surgery, right? The Tommy John. Okay, the so that's. Yeah, because that was at the end of the twenty twenty one season. Yeah, yeah, they messed up. Did, the... And did he have it? At... Um, I don't remember, but he kept playing. Yeah, I mean, how it, many games did he play in last year? I don't think that's the easiest way to find this. Well, he had 565 plate appearances. 
um, last year? 565. Because I can't remember if he got the surgery or not. I thought he did, and but in the, this article that I was reading, it did say that his off season was way different, I guess, from possibly rehabbing. So let me just confirm that he had the surgery. But was um, he in the best shape of his life? Um, <laughs> the best. Yeah, best Jesus life. Christ. Round. Yeah, uh, I'm seeing all of these uh, elbow injury, uh, but Max Muntry did not require surgery. So I think he just tried to rehab it last year. That's crazy. And, and wow. now, now he says he's completely healthy. Best shape of his life is elbows. Um, Got it. After a couple of uh, setback seasons due to injury, infielder Max Muncy is feeling confident of this offseason heading into the upcoming season. And do you still believe in JD Martinez? Oh, I think you said that. Yeah, um, like, like he could. I just, I, I don't know. He's the wild card. He could like go off and have like, you know, silver slugger type season, or he could just continue on that downward trend that we've been seeing. All right. Uh, I, I'm just getting your messages now, so I don't want to go too far, but let's just go lightning round. Uh, Giants third baseman. Who do you like there? Pick I like guy. I like Casey Schmidt, the prospect. Uh, has, ah. the be- has the best glove out of all of them. Hit a home run in the first spring training game yesterday. Um, and then I also like J.D. Davis on the uh, opposite side of the diamond. I think he's going to take over first base. Okay. Uh, Giants fifth starter. Uh, they had well, they signed Manaya, right? So, yeah, signing um, Manaya and Ross Stripling. Um, seven starting pitchers with Alex Wood, Anthony Descalfani, and Jacob Junis also fighting for starts. All somebody, somebody will get hurt. Uh, all of those names, somebody will get hurt. It'll figure itself out. Uh, yeah. Uh, and as you <laughs> know, I'm high on Ross Stripling. Uh, maybe not so much on Sean Manaya. Alex Wood always lets me down, but you know, anyway, the Guardians catcher, Bo Naylor. Mike Zunino, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, that's like one of those just hand-holding. I don't think that's a position battle. I think that's hand-holding. All right, let's move on then. Marlins fifth starter um, is listed as well. That that should have been an interesting one. But who, what does roster resource have? Roster resource has Trevor Rogers as the fifth starter. But obviously Over they have... Cabrera? Well, Edward Cabrera is four. Oh. SP4. So it really is. So it was Cueto SP3 or SP2? Cueto listed uh okay, so who's out Quato is sp2 yeah so who are they taking out are they uh, i mean there's braxton garrett and they still got to make room for yuri perez i know he's too young but it looks like they might just bring him up and uh, they got some guys down there that's a pretty so, impressive so braxton doing. garrett's the one on the outside then um and then yeah. max meyer max meyer and sixto sixto are hurt Oh, and the article is not even saying fifth starter entirely. It's saying maybe the last two spots. Oh, uh, okay. That go to either Cabrera, Trevor Rogers, Braxton Garrett, uh, even top prospect Yuri Perez. Yeah. I think I think it's it's it's. I, uh, I, I don't think Yuri's making the team out of camp. I, yeah, he's, I think, he's not. I think he gets called up. They. I could even see them possibly, like if Cueto's off to a hot start, or if someone like Edward Cabrera continues to kind of improve. I could see them trying to get more help mid-season, and then call up Yuri Perez to take that spot. I, I think you got to go with Eric Carrera and Trevor Rogers, yeah. and, and then just yeah. trade Trevor Rogers when you get a chance and and, yeah. and 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 see if he can flourish in in the fifth spot. And then you can bring up Braxton Garrett as your uh, spot starter, or you go ahead and give the job to Yuri Perez like you want. They obviously want to give it to him. Yeah. Because they, they, you know what it is, Sean? I know that he's too young and stuff, and I know you don't believe in that, but I think I'm hearing way too many positives out of Miami about him. And it just it, everything you read and see and the chances that they're giving him, it just sounds like they're ready to bring him up already. 
but we'll see. The only uh, issue is innings pitch. He threw 78 in 2021, mm-hmm. uh, 77 last year. So it's just kind of trying to build him up and not do anything drastic to him. Uh, what um your team the Mets so they have a catching position going on here Francisco Alvarez on the outside looking in it looks like uh Omar Narvaez it's it's gonna be a Narvaez Nito platoon to start uh Alvarez probably gonna start the year off in AAA Mets third base uh, and I'm sorry that we're not giving more details to your no, favorite no. team but no, you're out, right uh I guess they got Matt Beatty uh, in the competition and then there's also Eduardo Escobar. Who else is listed? Uh, I guess Jeff McNeil yeah. can still play some third base if need yeah, be. Nah, they don't want to play Jeff McNeil at third base. He he does not have the arm. We we joke okay. about Nick Madrigal. <laughs> McNeil does not have the arm for third base. This is the one I'm actually going to flip flop compared to Alvarez. I think Beatty has a legit shot, and I think it's in the Mets' best interest mm. to start Beatty there. Um, and so far this year, he's um, showing why in the intra squad game. He went two for two with uh, one kind of soft liner and one deep uh, opposite field double. Both went to opposite field. Um, as This is something that we've heard about Brett Beatty, and I've seen when I watch him on ML, minor league TV, um, that he does have very easy power to the opposite field. And then yesterday versus the Astros, went two for two with a walk and as well as a home run. So a hot spring, I, I could see him doing very much the Pete Alonzo thing where he just kind of – you you're not leaving camp without me type deal, which would force Eduardo Escobar into it like a platoon at third base um, versus lefties or playing a little bit of DH versus lefties for Vogelbach as well. Uh, but yeah, Brett Beatty, I think if they carry him from day one and he wins National League Rookie of the Year, that would give the Mets an actual first round pick. Because like the Dodgers last year, the, Do- the Mets won't have a real first round pick this year with their first pick being moved back. 10 so mm-hmm. if but if he's called up there on day one and wins rookie of the year the Mets get that compensation pick from the new CBA uh really quick I just noticed Henry you putting down uh, when we were talking about relief pitchers uh, the category meltdown is such a terrible term for arbitration hearings and I, t- <laughs> I, and I don't know what he means by that but it's, it's kind of funny to unless he it's part of the whole spiel about yeah what is he a toddler toddler yeah i I think i think that's what he's going for (laughs) as someone who has a toddler yeah those this grown man had a meltdown he has too many of them (laughs) yeah he he literally was the wicked witch of the east he was she was he was melting melting and there was nothing we could do about it uh philly's fifth starters there's a team near and dear to your heart uh either bailey falter who i think we all giggled last year when it was mentioned that Bailey Falter might come in as a starting pitcher. Yeah. No, we giggled uh, when it was uh, the idea was thrown about that he might actually start in the World Series for the Phillies yeah. out of desperation. So, but apparently he's a control artist, which, all right, I guess. <laughs> if you want to give him that, <laughs> I don't believe in him, but that's fine. You want to believe in him. Or we bring up Andrew Painter. There's no way on God's green earth they're going to bring up Andrew Painter. Yeah. No way. I, there's so much chatter about people like, oh, Andrew Painter, Andrew Painter, Andrew Painter. He's not breaking camp. There's no way. And if he is, I will do something outlandish as like a punishment. I, I just, there's no can, way it's going to happen. Can I pick the punishment? No. <laughs> yes the punishment should be you have to wear a lenny dykstra 1993 oh, philadelphia vintage oh jersey oh god yeah well I, I guess the article i'll give them this uh so far in his major league career he has a 1.76 walks per nine um yeah and in the minors he was always in one and a half so 
Yeah, but he's he's uh pitch the contact pitcher. It is what it is. Ninety six hit. He's boring. Yeah, very uh, not even oatmeal. What would you describe him as? Um, porridge. Porridge. <laughs> <laughs> he puts the pour in porridge. <laughs> God damn! Uh, he gave up eighty five hits and eighty four innings pitch last year. Uh, well, what's the problem there, Felipe? Well, Ranger Suarez, one hundred forty nine hits in one hundred fifty five innings. Well, I mean, he's, already, he, he's already set for that. I mean, no, I'm just yeah. giving comparison: one hundred forty three yeah. in one hundred fifty seven innings for Taiwan Walker, and then the elite pitchers on his team: one hundred twenty five hits versus one hundred fifty three innings for Zach Wheeler, and one hundred sixty eight hits versus two hundred five innings pitch for Aaron Nola. So that's what we're talking about. I, I but, do think the interesting thing with him is, although the stuff is not very good, uh, he gets like some of the best extension in baseball. So the stuff, like falter. when you're, yeah, when you're looking at like the the velo numbers, you're like meh. But um, I want to say he pushes off further from the, that mound than anyone, and he's pretty tall. He's like six five. Um, so it, it, the stuff does play up a little bit. Uh, over at DH, uh, Bryce Harper gone for half the season, recovering from. Tommy John surgery, right? That's what the big one is. Yep. And Derry Call might get a chance. It looks like, uh, according to the article, Cody Clemens, Dalton Guthrie, and J.K. Wow, that's a that is garbage. Yeah, that is. I mean, D- Derek Hall was the one who filled in last year and did pretty good, but they, you know, treated him very much straight platoon. Cody Clemens is kind of in that same category. This is why I'm a little worried in terms of like the Phillies and people talking about, oh, the Phillies offense is so good. Yeah, the Phillies offense is still pretty good. But until Bryce Harper is in there every day, yeah, it's kind of a shaky lineup. No, it, it was it's it's top heavy when Bryce yeah. Harper is now, and it's even more top heavier now that he's gone. And it, it, there's this looks and especially because even... Nick Castellanos hasn't done anything for like two years. Well, he did improve his uh his defense a little bit last year down, didn't he? I uh, let me let me let me uh frame this. I, there's there's a video on YouTube. YouTube keeps telling me I should watch this video about the Phillies uh, using analytics to improve their defense just enough to get by, right? Just enough to get by. And one of the arguments, and I I refuse to watch this video because I feel like it's going to go against all my baseball sensibilities, but it might be time to just suck it up and watch it. But one of the arguments they make about Nick Castellanos is the big difference for that they did with Nick Castellanos was that they shaded him towards center field because they noticed that when he goes towards his glove side, he is more likely to make catches as opposed to when he goes towards his arm side. So hmm. that's why they want him running towards his left. So he, the glove can be stuck out and he can like just, that, yeah. Okay. That's, that's they can little, just catch it as weird, opposed but... to going over the top like this. And now he can't see the ball and he's losing track and he can't, he, he, he can chew gum and walk at the same time. Remember, this guy was always a bad fielder. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what this sounds like? He just shouldn't be in the outfield. <laughs> oh, well, they got, they're, I mean, a desperation, right? Yeah. They're desperate, and that's what happens. But, you know, they made it to the World Series last year uh, against what we thought were better teams last year. That was, the Padres, I thought, were better, even though the Padres had a lot of holes in their lineup as well. I thought the Padres were much better than that, but I guess not. Uh, who else did they beat? Did they beat the Dodgers or the Mets? Uh, they beat the Cardinals. Oh, they beat the, oh, the Cardinals. All right, moving on. But no, this this team's not looking good. Uh, and then I guess what we, we, are we looking at the minors? I mean, there's yeah, Jake there, in the outfield. There's, there's not much. Yeah, there's Jalen Ortiz. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Anyway, uh, I don't like this situation. Uh, Pirates second base. <laughs> Pirates. <laughs> All right, let's see. With intriguing offensive alternatives in Rodolfo Castro and G1 Bay, Castro brings power. Bay is more of a batting average and speed. That's my guy. 
I mean, I'd if they, if they want to threaten the strikeout record with Cruz and everybody else in that lineup, go with Rodolfo Castro. But uh, I mean, Rodolfo Castro is kind of like Jazz Chisholm light. There's a little <laughs> something there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I, I don't want to talk about the Pirates second baseman. No, I, I want to say they're probably they're probably better than the White Sox second baseman. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see when we get there. But uh, I have G1 Bay in our baseball life league, and he, all he does is perform in the minors. At least he's shown that that he can perform in the minors uh, enough where a lot of the skill set, a lot of the production that he has shown in AAA so far, and even in AA, can transfer over to the major leagues. There's a lot to like about his game. It's not the sexiest game of all time, but it's definitely game. He finished a year last year with a 139 WRC plus and only 37 plate appearances. So that that would be my guy. I, I think that's the study of the choice of between the two. But anyway, we move on to Cincinnati. Golly! Pirates, Reds. I mean, no. The, just no. Just no. But no. Who, who's on? Kevin Newman. Yeah, it, Kevin Newman. A, a the, wanna, the wannabe David Fletcher. <laughs> and you know it's bad when you can't even be David Fletcher. All right, let's move on then. Red Sox fifth starter. Um, well, our guy Tanner Hook is just, he's never going to get a chance in, in Boston. He's never going to get a chance. I have no clue what they're doing. Well, Garrett Whitlock, they still believe that he could be the guy there. So he he's in the lead according to roster resource. And again, there's unless you want to count Cutter Cutter Crawford, he he started last year as well, a few games here and there. Tanner Hoak, who's now planted firmly according to roster resource as a late inning relief pitcher guy, at the very least at the sixth inning guy, or maybe even seventh inning in certain stretches. And if you look at the uh AAA, there's Brian Bella, who we love a lot. There's Brian Mata. Who's the who was the 13th best prospect on that team last year? And anyway, uh, no. but yikes. no, it's a it's a yikes situation. I kind of like the I, I want to see what Garrett Whitlock can do. I, I mean, kinda... I mean, it's they have Sale, Kluber, and James Paxton. All of those guys are going to get hurt, and then you're going to end up having to stretch out Whitlock and Hoke, Barry, Ad, Hockley, uh, like right at the same time. Uh, I just, uh, it's just. Hey, don't forget about Carter Crawford now, and Brian Bello. We could see more of him next year. But this is a team, the Red Sox. That it, it, it oh snap. Uh, if this is a team that that if they uh, we'll talk about the Red Sox some other time. Uh, we got the Royals. Anyway, we're gonna go on forever. This, I, this I, is I, li- I like the stop. I like the Royals second baseman one uh, between. Nicky Lopez, Michael Massey, and a lot of people like Michael Garcia, but I think I'm, I'm preferential to Michael Massey there. It kind of reminds yeah. me of Daniel Murphy. Same. Okay. Well, since we're talking about the Royals, Royal Center Fielder, Guns to your head, Drew Waters or Kyle Isbell? Uh, platoon. Guns to your head, you give me platoon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Rangers, Rangers, Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran. Who do you like? Platoon. <laughs> one's a lefty, one's a righty. Platoon. Ray, it's that race, easy. <laughs> race first baseman, Jonathan Aranda okay. or Kyle Manzardo. Okay, Yandy Diaz is their first baseman. I don't know. They're they're way off here. Yandy Diaz is playing first base. Or they even give you uh, Isaac Paredes, too. Yeah, Isaac Paredes is supposed to be playing third, I believe. Yeah, we'll but see from, about from that. Every, from everything I've read, it's Paredes at third and Jonathan Aranda, like, platooning at third base. 
By the way, you're, you're, the Rates and Barrels podcast trashing a little bit on Yandy Diaz. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, screw them. Nobody. Yeah. I'm going to send Yandy Diaz after them. He goes, <laughs> you know, you look at him and you're like, how, how can a guy that big not have enough power? And I agree. I agree. He's a fraud. Oh, I'm like, don't. Hate don't, it, trust hate it. don't trust them. Uh, Tigers left field. Oh, God. Matt Veerling um, all the way. Matt okay, Veerling all the way. Yeah. Do not give me any more Akil Badu bullshit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, White Sox second baseman, Romy Gonzalez, Lennon Sosa. I'm telling you, the Pirates second baseman are better. <laughs> oh, for sure. This team, well, this team sucks. That's why I'm wearing my Cubs hat today because I, I knew we were going to talk about the White Sox. Uh, uh, closer. I mean, I think we talked about this. It's Kendall Graveman, right? And we're not, we don't have to it talk about it. might be Ronaldo Lopez. I like Ronaldo Lopez. I just don't uh, think. And he was at Driveline this offseason. I, I saw where he did, he did a bunch of work at, with uh, Driveline. Interesting. But yeah, I would say it's Kendall I, Graveman's yeah, for I, now. I, I think Kendall Graveman as well. Uh, left field for the Yankees. Oh, come on. No, we're not talking about the Yankees. They have so <laughs> much talent. You got so much talent. Pick a Yankee, any Yankee. Not don't pick Aaron. Did, 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 did you see some of the the picks? Uh, not not the picks. Uh, the post in Baseball Life yesterday after uh, Jason Dominguez hit a home run, and they said just start. I, I I saw many both in Baseball Life and on Twitter. They're like, oh, just start Jason Dominguez in left field now. And I'm just like, oh god. That's a man. Well, right now Jason Dominguez is in football shape right now, so. <laughs> For those who don't know the joke about that, I honestly believe he's the second incarnation of uh, L- London Fletcher, the former oh, linebacker geez. for the NFL. It's the and same it, build. And according to this article, they they still expect uh, Estevan Florial to be a thing. Um, I think somebody needs to tell yeah. him it's not 2018 anymore. Uh, so, yeah, this is probably yeah, like it's a, done. This is Oswaldo Cabrera's job to lose. Not even that is that they already I've seen articles and even uh, listened to some podcasts where they're they're in Everson Pereira mode right now at the moment for forget us about Florial it's that's not Florial is basically Miguel Andujar at this point just a forgotten prospect who never amounts to anything and they already moved on to Everson Pereira but uh, Pereira is okay I, I thought I didn't realize he was an outfielder. Yeah, stick with me, kid. You'll learn something. But <laughs> okay, uh, he, he's only played twenty nine games above a ball, so. Let's let's pump the brakes here. About Everson Pereira? Yeah. Yeah. No, not to start, but just like to keep an eye on this guy. Is, is, okay. Is oh, okay. 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 I, I thought they were talking about him for starting no, major no. league left field. No, no, you mentioned it. They they got guys. They got Osvaldo Carrera, Osvaldo Barraza. They got guys. And then they still want to think they want to still make Aaron Hicks a thing, even though he'll he's just gonna get hurt anyway. Uh and then the fifth uh person for that rotation now that Frankie Montes is hurt, they got Domingo Herman. I had Clark Smith and Davey Garcia on the spot start on my oh, spreadsheets. They're, yeah, they're still trying to make Davey Garcia a thing, too? Well, he is listed on roster research as the number one guy. N- n- the first guy that shows up is Davey Garcia. Yeah. Uh, he, he's 16th best prospect for last year's uh, Yankee squad. Clark Smith was number, not ranked, but he's an old, uh, uh, he used to be a, a highly ranked prospect. I, I think when we first started this podcast, he was in the top 100 at number 118 or some crap like that. Yeah. So I, I remember we talked about him as someone, hey, keep an eye on Clark Schmidt. And we're still kind of waiting. But, you know, 27-year-old, late yeah. bloomer. Uh, Other than Matt, that, there's really Matt, nobody there. Matt Crook is an interesting name. I used to see him pitch in 2019. Okay. Uh, lefty, walks too many guys, but, like, has an insane ground ball rate. It's, like, si- over 60%. Um, for a left-handed and he's his strikeouts have risen uh since becoming a yankee back in 2021 uh probably more so just a reliever but that he's been starting for him so um just a name to keep an eye on that i personally watched a bunch because he was 
I want to say when Tampa used him in double A in 2019, it was more of an opener's role. Uh, 32 games, 18 starts, but only 50 total innings pitched. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, he would always like start the game and get like three or four outs and then come out. So, um, interesting player. Um, it, it just goes to show you that when you're a lefty and you have pretty good stuff, you, you will get infinite amount of chances. <laughs> infinite, infinite. Yeah. And just to tie it back up to Yard Barker, uh, apparently Yard Barker has some sort of deal with MSN, uh, Microsoft Network. Yeah, I keep seeing that as well. So that so that's how this little blog ended up being, um, I guess, a major source of news and content because uh, they send they pointed up their their eggs on the MSN network. So mm-hmm. good for them, good for them. And that circle of life of this podcast. That's how we're going to end it. Uh, we got to all thirty teams. We did skip yeah. the White Sox for good reason. <laughs> Final words from you, Sean. As uh, you, I, I appreciate you going over a little bit today. No, Go. you're good. Um, just looking forward to more real baseball and the WBC coming up here in the next week or so. Oh my God. You're, I you're gonna start have, packing. We're, we're going to have a couple of WBC exhibition games before the tournament. I think that start like this week. Uh, so it should be interesting. So uh, yeah, we got that. I got to start packing. I got to start buying gear. I don't know if I should bring one of my, my Chicago hats or if I should just buy pony up the money for the Mexican hats. So I'm all team Mexico over here. Um, even though they keep all their best players keeps you know, not showing up. We still got Julio Rios. If Julio saying, Rios is, is Rios, uh, he's still slated to pitch. I, I thought he was listed. He's a captain. Yeah. Like okay. there was an article saying that he is Mexican starter is ready to take the captaincy for the Mexican team and go all the way. That's an article. Uh, Austin, that I read. Austin Barnes is playing for team Mexico. Urias yeah. needs his personal catcher. <laughs> yeah, damn right he does. Yeah, they gave him the Mexican hood. They got the Mexican. <laughs> you ever see Blue Streak with Martin Lawrence and uh, yeah. Wilson? <laughs> I got my Federale hood. You're what? <laughs> I'm a I'm a Mexican Federale. I got my Federale hood. Oh, Oliver Perez is still gonna be on it. It looks like he's yeah. gonna make one last run because yeah, I think yeah. he's a he's officially retired. Not for Mexico. Yeah, not for Mexico. Jonathan yeah. Aranda, Joey Manessis, Isaac Paredes, Rowdy Telez, Alan Treo, Luis Arias, is Randy the, Rosarena. Is that the Wikipedia page or where are no, you? This is the MLB.com page. Oh, sweet. That's official. Yeah, Arrows oh, Arena Alec, is... Alec Me- Thomas is playing for Team Mexico? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, guys got all the, you guys got all the lefty outfielders. Jaron Duran, Alec Thomas, Alex Verdugo. Yeah, we're, we're going to surprise some people, man. I keep telling you. Look out, but uh, unfortunately... Ha- no uh, no all 100 car carts. Yeah, I, I'll be Oh, fine. and you guys got Taiwan Walker. You guys have actually one of the better rotations. I'm telling you, man. I am telling you. People Ty- are laughing at me. Taiwan but- Walker, Jose Urquidy, Julio Urias, Patrick Sandoval. Hell yeah! Oh, Adrian Martinez. I actually like Adrian Martinez. Not many people know him though. Yeah, I think he. Um, oh, really no, good, I'm thinking about Nick really, Martinez. Nick Martinez, really, uh, really good change up. Nick Martinez is the guy who uh, replaced somebody for Team USA, and I forgot who it was. So we get a Martinez, and you and you guys, you Team USA, <laughs> get some Martinez. Everybody gets Martinez. Oh, there's a Martinez everywhere, right? Uh, <laughs> Venezuela, Dominican Republic, I think. Anyway, but yeah, uh, we're going to do that. I still got to pack. I still got to get ready. I got my plane ticket. I got everything, all the essentials ready. I just now down to the minute things. I'm I'm like the worst traveler ever. I don't do it <laughs> enough. And now my wife's not going. I usually depend on her to just pack up my stuff and yeah. do everything and, and do everything for me. Nah, the, the traveling is easy for me. The packing is hard. 
the packing and unpacking and what yeah. to bring, what not to bring. It's, I'm, I'm in stress mode and, and, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to go with one of my best friends. We're going to, we're going to meet up Austin, uh, Eddie Morales, uh, Corey Decker, Kevin Martinez. And speaking of Martinez, Kevin Martinez, um, and who else? Uh, Sean O'Halloran. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So we're going to, some Mets, uh, pride going to be represented down there. And I'm, I'm sure we're missing others. Uh, but anyway, that's it. And then uh, we're going to try to do a mock draft next week. So we'll see we'll, how that goes. <laughs> we'll send out some feelers and yeah, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, that's Sean. I am Felipe. We will see you next time. Have a good Adios, one. Everybody. Guys. Yep.